This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. running backs will play Colin um, you know is he can he can really beat you with his arm and his legs so um, you know he got good receivers two really good offensive tackles not to overlook the entire line but as far as offensive tackles are concerned that that pair of them is as good as we play guy that can move well um, really strong arm can get the ball downfield and um, very elusive so um, and deceptively fast you know he's got a real long stride so he can He's really moving, um, but it doesn't look like he's going that fast, but he's really flying. It's it's going to be pretty exciting. I mean, the new place is no candlestick, but uh, it'll be pretty uh, it'll be pretty fun to go back and get to play in front of uh, some friends and family, and uh, you know, over in Santa Clara, going to Great America my whole life. So uh, it'll be cool. To the stretcher on here in ESPN New Hampshire. One hour down. Two to go. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Justin Sullivan working the boards. We're getting closer now to the Patriots and the San Francisco 49ers out in Santa Clara. Home of one Tom Brady. Returning home. And on to talk about that and all things Patriots with us is our good friend Mike Giardi of Comcast Sportsnet New England. Mr. Giardi, long time no talk. How have you been, my friend? I am well, Murph. How are you? Not too shabby, and like I said, I need to get some uh, rage on to get a little frustration out of my system, so I just slam-danced all over the studio. I feel better. It, it does make you feel better. Right? Like You could be tired. You just it, it, it just hear a couple notes of that, and it just gets the blood flowing. You're ready to, you're ready to <laughs> cough and havoc. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you, too, there is havoc when you see them live. I did see them back in, I think, 1997, and it was uh, it was interesting, to say the least. I uh, I was I was uh, probably like two years after the fact was I on that train so I never actually saw them live and it is a uh, as a music aficionado that is uh, one that I I regret I wish I could see them yeah for sure anyhow my friend uh, you look at the Patriots right now uh, Rob Gronkowski likely out with a what's being called now a perf perforated lung is that how they're going to term it right now. Uh, yeah, differing. Uh, we're hearing a chest or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't appear. <laughs> it doesn't appear they're going to have him. And uh, you know, it's kind of crazy to say, but it really shouldn't impact him all that much. Bennett what? has done a, a very good job um, with his opportunities. Um, in the second half of that game against Seattle, when Gronk was uh, out of the game and then had a diminished capacity after that hit from Earl Thomas, he was uh, great. Bennett became, Bennett became sort of Brady's go-to guy, and you saw chemistry between the two as well. You know, you a couple back shoulder throws and a lot of trust there. So, um, look, it's hard to say that losing the best tight end maybe ever for a game isn't going to impact you, but when you consider the opponent and consider 
his backup might just be the second or third best tight end in all of football, then I think you can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, and I want to just talk about the injury for a second, and this is not to question Gronk's toughness or heart or anything or or just, you know, to question the players at all. But, I mean, you know, we both cover the Bruins as well, and we were there in 2013 in the finals when Patrice Bergeron played two games with the same injury, basically, plus two broken ribs and a dislocated shoulder, and he's still able to play. Some hockey fans, you know, you see it on they're wondering, well, then why can't Gronk tough it out through this? And part of it, I would imagine, is because, well, you know, it's not the playoffs and it's not all or nothing right now. Just talk to us a bit. I mean, what is the difference having that injury in football versus having it in hockey? Yeah, I don't really think there is one. See, I, mean, I don't I, either. The, the the severity of what Patrice went through, and obviously, I think when he revealed what was going oh on God. with him, and then that was sort of asked the follow up question. He, you know, did you think you'd be able to play Game Seven? Had there been one, I think there was sort of a feeling of probably not, um, <laughs> but considering the situation, and I also think that's just, uh, as you well know, covering the hockey guys, there's just something different about those guys. And not to say that football players don't play hurt. You're in a car crash on almost every play, but there's sort of a different animal and a different way they approach things. And um, look, you know, Gronk, we've, we've talked about him for years now, and the protecting the, the franchise that is Gronkowski and the body and the, you know, I'm not going to play unless I'm, you know, it was close to 100%, if not 100% possible. And, you know, when you're in this situation, it makes sense because just where, where do you want him to be at his best? You want him you, you want him and need him to be healthy in January right. in February. And that is something that they've sort of really kind of embraced the last couple of years in yes. terms of how they utilize him and, with the workload and such. So and, I, I that's the way I take it. it, it makes too. the most sense. It's, it's, it's very situational in this instance. And and, and let's face it, uh, you know, you just stated it to, to lead off the segment that, you know, unlike the Bruins who don't have another Patrice Bergeron, I mean, the Patriots do have the luxury. He's not another Gronkowski. Nobody is. But they do have a luxury of a pretty damn good tight end in Bennett uh, to go to in this situation. So I, I, I think that plays a major role as well. And, um, you know, I want to stick with the receiving, uh, you know, theme here. And, and one guy that stood out to me, and it really, I thought, was a positive sign that maybe got lost in a f- frustrating night in the fact that the Patriots uh, were unable to come away with the win. But I think you saw some really positive signs in Julian Edelman being Julian Edelman again and the way he was able to cut side to side and, and do his thing across the middle of the field and 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 just be that weapon that he can be. Uh, it, it looks to be like he's as close to full strength as we've seen him in a while, huh? Yeah, I think there were some definite signs of improvement there, and I've kind of been watching him all season long to sort of get a gauge as to if you really trusted that foot or if there were any lingering problems. And I, I don't know. I'm still there's still part of me that thinks there's there's something still missing there, but I, I do agree with you that that was one of the better performances and certainly against one of the uh, the tougher tougher defenses, if not the toughest defense you're going to face on your schedule. So that was a positive. I think now it's kind of incumbent upon him to build on. He goes to the grass. He's going to be playing in front of his, his family and friends as well. If he goes back home, uh, what kind of game he can have and what kind of carryover uh, Sunday night has, has for him. 
Hey, speaking, of course, yeah, the big story has been Brady going home, too, and that that's great for Edelman, too. But I, I want to ask you about Brady and his return there. And look, there's nobody better than the Patriots at, at being able to block out distractions. But when you go home like that, and he hardly ever does, I don't think he he's, he, he's never played time. there, right? No, this is the first, yeah, time. first time. So to me, it's almost impossible for that not to be some sort of a distraction for him. I'm not saying it's going to affect him. I, I think, like I said, there's nobody better at blocking it out. But it, it's got, it might wear on him a bit. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, it's interesting because I think in, in the past, I would totally be on board with that uh, train of thought. Because in the past, I think that's how you've seen him react. Sometimes at big games or, or, you know, some team is chirping at him. And, you know, Brady might come up a little bit over-amped and throw a ball, you know, 14 feet over a receiver's head and you know, looked disjointed on that first series because of the emotional aspect of it. But since the whole deflate gate thing started, there is a, and, and then obviously the return from the suspension, and I was convinced that he was going to go into Cleveland and he was going to throw a ball through somebody's sternum, you know, because <laughs> he was just going to be that jacked up. And he wasn't. I mean, he, he was clearly excited to be playing again um, because it's what he loves to do, but there was a, sort of a, an odd calmness about him, and that's sort of been there throughout this year. And you know, Maybe that's part of you know all the different things that he does for his body and mentally that he has worked on to sort of keep himself in this ridiculous uh, form, not just physically but mentally. Maybe that's part of him growing in, in that regard because, I, I, like I said, I, I think there have been multiple occasions where I, I would have bet a million bucks two years ago that that Brady was going to go crazy and this Brady hasn't. So um, this is another, will be another test for that, but it just seems like uh, Zen Brady has sort of taken over. (laughs) Speaking of uh, veering a bit away from the Zen there, what was your take on the commercial there? I thought it was hilarious. I did. I did too, really. Um, uh, He did a, a phenomenal job. As some people said, that didn't really seem necessarily like acting. Well, they probably felt it in his, in his heart of hearts. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard some criticism that how oh, you kind of bring it back to light again and whatever. He had a little fun. He had some, as he said, he had some free time on his hand. Um, got a little paycheck for it and uh, had a little fun with the commercial. No harm, no foul. Hey, we all know. Yeah, I agree. And um, we all know how Bill Belichick does a great job of uh, finding the complimentary words to describe a team that maybe – <laughs> he he thinks sucks, <laughs> and you know yeah. we all know sucks. He's done a great job of that all week with San Francisco. But then again, we did see what happened with uh, you know Chip Kelly and the Eagles last year. But to me, and this is not to detract from Kelly, I I, I think he's a solid coach, and I think he can come up with some good schemes, and he might just do that Sunday. But to me, that game was so much about the Patriots imploding themselves and, and, and maybe taking it a little too far with the drop kick and so on. Uh, did you read it the same way? Yeah, I mean, look, that, that Philadelphia team was pretty reeling when they was pretty much reeling and, and ready to be out at that point. And obviously, Kelly had, had struggles in the locker room with that team, and the Patriots had him on the ropes, and they did the mortar kick, which I thought was a little bit preposterous because I think it just gave – a team that was grappling for a reason to kind of stay in the game and not hold up their tents to ah, kind of disrespecting us. They just try to drop kick on us. Yeah. Um, that's how they started to go out and convert. I think it was like a third and 15 on that same drive. 
which they did. Um, but you talk about imploding, three return touchdowns in that game, a block kick, a uh, punt uh, return, and an interception return for 100 yards. I mean, those are the sorts of things that uh, you don't normally see uh, with a Belichick coach team. And, you know, you point to it 35 unanswered points, and 21 of them came vis-a-vis those, those plays. So, um, that, and that Philadelphia team, by the way, far more talented than the one the Patriots will see in San Francisco on Sunday. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, listen, before we let you go, we look around the league right now, and um, speaking of Philadelphia, the Seattle Seahawks are, are hosting them uh, this weekend, and we just had a, a good friend, Mario Magola. He's, uh, he does a great job at this website called sportfolio.com, and anyhow, he was breaking down that game, and I kind of agreed with him. Look, and this is not to detract from what, what the Seattle Seahawks did against the Patriots last week, and I do think they're very much a contender, but at the same time, he felt like, you know what, let's, let's slow down. Let's slow our roll here and not build this bandwagon too quick for the Seahawks um, and, and not forget who they play. Because people look at them like they're just going to roll over Philadelphia out there. I, I, would, I would think, A, that's a type of letdown game. You could see, you know, it's, per, it's a perfect recipe for a letdown there after coming away with that victory in New England. And then plus that, I don't know. I mean... Are we overreacting to Seattle right now? Are they that good? Or, you know, what's your take yeah, on that? It, 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 here's my, my thought on, on watching Seattle quite a bit prior to the game uh, this past Sunday and then seeing them live and in person. There, there is certainly an element, and you, you talk about it all week, and they tie it with Pete Carroll. It's kind of in their DNA with this group about the mental and physical toughness that that team brings to the table uh-huh. each and every week. Um, and to be able to come to New England on a short week with the amount of snaps they'd had in the two previous games and come out and play that sharply, uh, certainly offensively, and have their moments defensively, enough moments defensively to, to, to hold the Patriots to 24 points, you can't help but say that's a damn good team. But in watching that team, even in person, uh, they're not as good as the 2014 team. Uh, that went to the Thank Super Bowl you. and obviously lost to the Patriots on essentially the final play. Um, and I think that there are still some questions for that team to be answered. So they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. And if they're there in late January, early February, I would not be shocked at all. But I don't necessarily think that just because of what they did to the Patriots defense is a reason to anoint them as the best team in the NFC and, you know, if not the best team in the league, I just, I'm not, not, I'm not ready to go there just yet. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and, and let's face it, too. And this is something that nobody really said all week, too, that everybody's really worried about the Patriots defense and, and worried. Hey, if the Patriots defense played that bad and they still held it that close and they still only lost by that much, that's not a bad thing. You know, I mean, there's some silver lining there. There was definitely some silver lines that game, Murph. I mean, uh, you, obviously we spent days bashing the defense, and we're going to continue to sort of because that's what we they're, do. <laughs> they're they're going to they're gonna be in the microscope until they start playing better. And look, let's face it: with the quarterbacks they got coming up, they better play better. Then, or, or if they don't, then they're really going to deserve to yeah. get beat into the ground because you're talking about Kaepernick and Bryce Petty, and now you're probably going to see Jared Goff, who hasn't been able to start for them all year as a rookie. Um, but man, you know, uh, they, the offense 
had plenty of opportunities. They played a pretty good game. They did a decent job protecting Brady, and they maybe you know took some of Seattle's best punches and still stayed in that game. It's, it's, you gotta like the mental toughness of that group of the Patriots, and there, there are some things you pull away from that game where we focus on the negatives. There are plenty of positives to, to look at that, and plenty of reasons to make you think or not change my mind about this. This team is. They're playing in January. They're playing in late January. And um, unless someone really emerges in the AFC, they should be the one who comes out of the AFC if they're healthy. Yeah, I'm with you, my friend. Listen, always a pleasure, Mike. Uh, when are you heading out to San Fran? Uh, Saturday afternoon. It's going to be, I think I'm in San Francisco for a grand total of 26 hours. Oh, my gosh. The glamorous life, baby. Can and you, a red <laughs> eye coming home. Can you sleep on a plane or no? Uh, but if I have to slam my head against the uh, side of the plane a few times to get it done, I will get. I will do that. <laughs> I cannot do it. Do you know? I like. I, I'm a bad insomniac, Mike. And quickly before I let you go, they, if you go on YouTube, right, you can find like uh, they have these videos where it's just noise to help you sleep. So sure. I'm on there the other day, and I'm like, I couldn't sleep for the life of me. They have a video of plane noise, as if you're sitting in a plane. I'm like, what freak uses this to help him sleep? <laughs> uh, yeah, that would not be that would not be me. I gotta put the headphones in, yeah. find chill music, and then you know, you, you know, you can't even find the right position in a plane. Oh. You know, like cause the, the seats are too small. You got guys pressed up against it. Just it's not. It's yeah, not like how does that help anyone? Anyhow, all right, buddy. Safe travels. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. All right, Mark. Be good. All right, Mike Chiardi from Comcast Sportsnet, New England. Like seriously, Sully. Like. Yeah, I'm just going to turn on a, a, a plane engine right now yeah, that, and help me fall that'll asleep. Help. That'll help a lot. Yeah, plane engines and birds and anything else. Yeah, that'll yeah, help a yeah. lot. Okay. Yeah. Crying babies, all of it. Oh, my gosh. Give me the gosh. whole thing. Well, listen, we, uh, we're going to need some engines to get our football picks going again here, especially me. I'm really trailing you now. But uh, we are going to do that in the next segment. So stay with us here in the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll give you our take on the NFL games coming up, starting t- with tonight's battle in Carolina with the Panthers and the Saints. These shots uh, to the head and to the upper body uh, is is one question, but uh, you know I think they've done enough in recent years. I don't think they were doing enough at that point. Certainly, I mean, you know that hit that Matt Cook threw on Savard. I remember them saying at the time, "Well, there's no penalty for that." I mean it. You could have you you could have some kind of intent to injure a penalty, and there is something like that uh, that you can throw out there, even if there's no quote unquote rule uh, that you think was broken on the play at the time. You know, if you know a play is dirty and a guy's trying to hurt somebody else, and you know, trying to seriously uh, scramble their eggs uh, upstairs, then you know you should be able to penalize them in some way and suspend them in some way, especially when it's a guy like Matt Cook, who had that reputation at that point. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the fact that I didn't do anything at the time, I didn't understand. I still don't understand. And yes, it, it turned into, you know, uh, rule 48 and the headshot rule and all the stuff that happened afterwards. And there's definitely, I think, been strides and progress in that area. Uh, but there are still times when hits take place and you kind of wow. watch it and you say, you know, that's not suspendable. That's not a, a penalty. And by the same token, you see other hits that used to be really good hits that are guys are getting suspended for now. And you start to wonder, uh, when it gets to a point when the game of uh, the NHL game of hockey is unrecognizable from what you and I grew up watching, and you know guys just aren't going to hit each other open ice, and you know th- there's not going to be the the real hard hits and the heavy competition uh, that you saw before, and you know I, 
I think there's a line you can walk, and certainly the legislation of fighting that's, that's happening uh, where it's, you know, being pushed out of the game is another part of it as well. In this sense, I think the NHL is going to be able to say we did things and we put rules in place that lessened blows to the head and that lessened uh, the chance of getting these. But even when you put all these rules into place, even when you suspend guys, even when you reduce fighting, guys are still going to get hit in the head. You know, stuff is going to happen on the ice. It happens fast and uh, it's not always intentional. And and sometimes it even has nothing to do with uh, anything that's against the rules. Uh, It's just the way it, it kind of goes down. And, uh, you know, when you play a contact sport like hockey and football and all these other sports, there's still going to be concussions and there's still going to be a danger. And, and players just have to know going into it that that's something that might happen. And, you know, you see guys retire early sometimes now. You see a, a player like Savard who said in that article, I, you know, I should still be playing. But obviously he's not. And he stopped playing years ago uh, because of that. And, and rightfully so. You know, I, I think you and I both know when we saw him come back that year and try to play, he wasn't close to the player that he used to be. He was kind of a shadow of himself. And, you know, those concussions took something out of him. And I remember that game very vividly. And I remember you and I both looking at the video when he was skating off the ice after the hit. And it looked like he was already crying before he even got to the bench. Yeah. Uh, because I think he knew that that was it for him. And yep. uh, there was a hit either a game or two before that where Derek Englund hit him hard against the boards as well yes. uh, when they were playing the Penguin. And I think that kind of dinged them up, and then uh, the Hundley thing sort of finished them off. So yep. uh, it's, a, it's a sad story all around. Uh, I hate concussion talk because, you know, you get into the, a real unseemly side of, of the sport, and, and you get into, you know, the, the real unfortunate uh, things that are happening to players after they retire. And uh, it's, it's a real sad case in a lot of situations, and I think Mark Savard is one of them. You know, Joe, and we'll move on uh, right after this, but uh, a few weeks ago uh, you had uh, Nazem Kadri with an open ice hit uh, on Daniel Sedin that really uh, sent Sedin into another world. And, you know, it, it was the result of speed and, and, like we say, the game being so physical. But under the, the Rule 48 right now, it's deemed a clean hit, and it wasn't considered a blindside hit, even though, I'll tell you what, it looked like one to me. Um, but it didn't have direct contact to the head, so they can't penalize or suspend them for that. And you you mentioned something just now when you were talking about it there. You said, hey, there might come a point, though, where we don't recognize this game because the physicality might be taken out. And that's right. – I'm with you. That's the big dilemma right now the NHL is facing because, look, I see that hit, and, you know, I urge our listeners to go look it up so they know what we're talking about here. But I see that hit, and – I don't think that hit's necessary, but at the same time, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's dirty, and I wouldn't go as far as saying it was a, a cheap shot. I mean, it, it was it was a clean hit, but it, it it very much walked the line like you spoke about there. And uh, apparently, from what happened at the GM meetings this past weekend in Toronto, there was a very heated dispute between the GMs on whether to change the rule even further so that that hit that Cardre laid would be a penalty and would be suspendable. So, you know, there's a, there's a group definitely still trying to preserve the physicality of the game and, and not lose hitting. And and I'm with that group, and people are going to call me, you know, uh, a caveman and archaic. And no, I don't, I don't think I am saying that. I don't want to see headshots. I don't want to see more Savard cases. But I, I surely don't want the game to lose its physicality. And I, I just don't know how you find that happy medium with, with the way things are going right now. And, you know, 
the certain generation, a younger generation right now, is so much more on the uh, extreme other side. I don't know where you find the uh, the happy medium. Yeah, and, you know, look, this is why I think part of the reason why the NFL, the ratings are down, is because they're taking all kinds of big hits out of that uh, game as well, you know, and for this very same reason. And, you know, it turns into you can't hit the, a receiver in the middle of the field anymore like you used to. And, you know, there's all these rules and, and all these things you can't do now. Uh, that it's taken a lot of that uh, out of the game. And obviously there's still an element of that that's going to be there, but I think it's a watered-down version of what it used to be, and I think that's why part of the reason anyway why some people aren't watching as much as they used to. And, you know, the physicality is such, and the big hits are such a bread-and-butter part of, of the NHL that I think you really are in danger if you put too many rules in place of just wiping out something that the hardcore people uh, want and is going to cause them to drift away from the game if you get rid of it. And, you know, I, the the player safety department, I give a lot of credit to because yeah, I think they're in they a tough have a spot. lot of people on the, they're in a tough spot, and they have a lot of people on their staff that are trying to walk that line. Whether it's Stefan Kintal, uh, whether it's Chris Pronger who works with them, whether it's George Paros now who works with them, uh, these are guys that that played a physical game that know how what's hit, uh, you know, what's dirty and what's clean, and you know have an appreciation for that style of hockey while also understanding that there's a job to do within player safety. And you know, I think as long as they're keeping players like that within the group that's making these decisions, I have faith that uh, they're going to try to do as best they can to keep it, uh, you know, still a physical game and still something that we recognize. But, you know, the, the further we go down the line and the more rules that are put into place and the more stuff that's outlawed, it, it's going to turn into players not wanting to hit other players uh, because they don't want their pocketbook hit as well when they get suspended. and You know, you're going to lose some of that intensity if you really go too far in the other direction. And, you know, it, it, it's tough. They're they're not in an easy position. But, uh, you know, count me among the knuckle-dragging Neanderthals like you, Mark. I, <laughs> I, I want to see something that I recognize my, from my youth anyway. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we, we, we kind of went on a rant there, and it's all right. I think it's an important topic to discuss when we're discussing the NHL. And the Bruins, of course. And the Bruins are in Minnesota tonight. Uh, Joe, just quickly, uh, your take on this game. We had Billy Jaffe on earlier, and, and Billy and I both said this: the, the Bruins are going to be in tough tonight because the Wild came back and laid an egg after the road trip there. Uh, they're going to want to redeem themselves. The Bruins are on a roll. I, 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 don't, I don't like the, the setup for this game, but tell me how the Bruins, and, and now the Bruins don't have Pasternak either. How do the Bruins overcome that and the, and the injury to Pasternak? Uh, Tuca. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, right? How, how, how they overcome uh, a lot of what they've done lately. Yeah. It's been Tuca playing at a superhuman level. And, you know, this is the end of a, a, a long road trip they've been on. This is the end of a, a, a tough stretch where they got a couple days off after their last game. Now Pasternak is missing. I think this has got all the makings for, for uh, what could be an ugly one after some very good hockey from the Bruins. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think the only way, uh, one of the few ways that, that's a pathway to victory is for Tuka Rash to once again come out there and just dominate and maybe steal this game. Um, you know, maybe they'll surprise us. Look, I was as surprised as anybody that they outplayed Montreal in Montreal on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. Even though they lost the game, they, they deserved to win, though. To 23. Yeah. Um, and they did the same thing. They dominated the Avalanche second night of back-to-back last weekend, um, even though they started to look a little tired in the second half of the game. Uh, so, you know, it's there. They're capable of overcoming these things and, and making it happen. But I just feel like 
against the motivated wild team, I think is pretty good. Uh, you know, Stahl's had a great year for them coming over in free agency. They've still got, you know, Suter and some other really good players. I think the Bruins are going to have to uh, find a little extra gear tonight along with Tuca in order to win that game. I think they're playing a little Motley Crue, Joe. They're, they're, they're singing home sweet home right now. They just want to get back to their beds, and that's why I might see a little defeat in their uh, in their agenda tonight. But who knows? Like you said, they could surprise us. We'll see. Hey, Joe, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I hope to see you around, and uh, let's get one of those podcasts going soon, all right? You got it, Murph. Let's do it. Uh, bright and early Monday morning next week. I expect you to be ready to go. All right. Hey, there's no Sunday night game for the Patriots, so I'll be able to do it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, that's Joe Haggerty of CSNNE.com joining us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. I am your host, Jimmy Murphy, and that is Justin Sullivan working the boards. We will do our NFL picks now in the next segment, and then, of course, we will welcome in the Manchester Monarchs here to celebrate mullet night tomorrow at the Southern New Hampshire University Arena. And I'll, uh, I'll tweet out some info on that here at the break, so check out my Twitter handle, at Murphy'sLaw74. We'll be back. And products at the best prices. From carpet to hardwood to tile and stone, Divine Flooring will help you obtain a beautiful new floor that will last a lifetime. Plus, they have a huge selection of area rugs in stock at all times. Come experience the Divine difference. You'll be floored. Located right on Route 101 in Wilton. Call 603-654-5400 or visit divineflooring.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidery apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua, and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroidme-nashua.com or embroidme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotional marketing partner. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings them back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. We've got it all here on ESPN, on ESPN, New Hampshire.
Welcome back to Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan, working the boards. Time for me to uh, make a, a astonishing comeback here with our NFL picks. Been getting my, uh, my behind handed to me here. Uh, it's not been pretty this season, but I'm ready to make a comeback. I don't even have the stats in front of me. I don't even care right now. All I know is Justin is uh, totally dominating. We'll get you the stats maybe later in the show or tomorrow when we uh, we talk to Gabriel Lorenzi. Uh, but let's just go right through the games right now because we are pressed for time and we're excited. Next segment. Oh, yeah. We got mullets. our friends. Time for you to put on the mullet. The mullets Mark. are coming, man. I'm putting on a mullet with Kevin Morris and Craig Wizermurski of the Manchester Monarchs coming in studio here with us uh, to celebrate Mullets in November, which will take place uh, at the Southern New Hampshire University Arena tomorrow at the Manchester Monarchs Red and Royals game. You can go to the Monarchs website right now, manchestermonarchs.com. Find out more information about that and how you can participate. Great cause there to raise awareness for uh, men's cancers. Uh, and it all goes to the American Cancer Society. All the w- donations and work that will be done as everybody sports their mullets. I wonder if Barry Melrose will be in, att- in attendance. I know he's uh, shown up at a couple of these in the past. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. He is the man. Have him put on the mullet, too. I uh, have a good Barry Melrose story I'll tell someday in here. <laughs> but right now, it's time to make some NFL picks, and let's get right to it, my friend. Uh, I need some paper here. There it is. We need some paper. Let's get it going. Uh, let's start with the, tonight, the Thursday night football game. We've got the New Orleans Saints in Carolina, and as our good friend uh, Mario Magoller told us, it is a pretty much a battle to stay alive in the playoff yes. hunt. Yes, it is. Uh, and who do you like in Carolina. this game? Give me right, Carolina. Here we go. Uh, they played well last league. Gave up a huge, huge lead. Obviously, both teams played. You know, huge. They're tip. giving three and a half. You're okay with that? I am okay with that. I am okay with that because we've talked about it before. The Saints are terrible on the road, and I hope it continues. I'm going to take right, Carolina. I'm going Panthers. Saints plus three and a half. You're going Panthers minus three and a half. I like the hook there. I think that uh, Panthers win with a last-second field goal, and I cover. Ah. <laughs> All Sounds right. terrible. <laughs> uh, let's go right to it. Sunday, 1 o'clock games. The surprising. Time to take these guys for real. Mario. That name, Mario. <laughs> What's, why can't I think of his name right now? Marietta? Yeah, there we Mar- go. Mariota, yes. Yes, Mariota. Tennessee Titans I'm are on fire. It. I'm all over it. They I are in Indianapolis to take on Andrew Luck and the Colts. Like the over in this game. Yep. Excuse me, but I also like the Titans yep. to continue their winning ways. They are plus no three defense. underdogs. Zero defense, Titans. We both like the Titans here. All right, Titans plus three across the board. Jacksonville Jaguars are six-and-a-half-point underdogs in Detroit, in Motown against the Detroit Lions. Who do you like? Uh, Jacksonville is going down the tubes, so I will take Detroit. Me uh, too. I Bortles like is going down the tubes right now. Lions, man, they were Reg- coming in. You know? Everyone loved them. They were like this. Uh, in Bortles is supposed pit. to be the next guy, and all yeah. of a sudden he's regressing. Can't there find is his no arm. next guy. When are we going to get that? Can't find his arm slot. Like he's yeah. just going the opposite way. There's no next guy anymore. When are we going <laughs> to realize that, people? Brady Jack, is Jack the guy, Prescott? and that's it. Question mark? Well, yeah, maybe that's him. <laughs> Mariota. Who knows? Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the Kansas City Chiefs. My Buccaneers there came out with a big win. I knew they were going to win last week. I, why were they underdogs to the, mm. the Chicago Bears? Yeah. <laughs> Jay Cutler, whatever. <Yeah. laughs> Anyhow, the Bucks are in for a tough one, though, I think, this week. They're in Arrowhead. 
They're seven and a half point underdogs against the Chiefs. I still have the Bucks. You have the Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks. Wow. I'm going, I'm, I'm going I'm with insane. the Chiefs. I am out of my mind. I'm going with the Bucks. Minus I usually go with one half. of those. Just ridiculous picks. Uh, you take the Bucks plus seven and a half yes. on the road. And uh, let's go. We got the Chicago Bears uh, in New York against those Bears we just mentioned. Are they going to get a clue and just not play Jay Cutler? I mean, the coach nope. said he was done with him, but somehow he's nope. still they're in the lineup. They're going to continue to roll him out there. Well, they're in New York. They're taking Jets. on the Giants. The Giants are minus seven and a half. Who J-E-T-S do you like? ETS sucks, sucks, sucks. Thank you, Pete Shepard. No, Jets. we're talking to Giants, though. <laughs> oh, Giants? Giants? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I had the Giants anyway. Still, yeah, I still, I still, I still had New York. Anyone against the Bears we Yes, take. exactly. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. Giants minus seven and a half. Let's go right to it. The Arizona Cardinals are in Minnesota. Minnesota's a team that really has faded a bit. They need Falling to off. make a little comeback here. The Cardinals barely got by the 49ers last week. Who are you liking I in this one? got the Cardinals. Got Arizona. You got Arizona plus two and a half. Yes. I'm going to take the Vikes minus two and a half. Vikes are reeling right now. No, I think they make a little comeback now. Uh, that'll be a defensive struggle for sure. Uh, you got the cards plus two and a half on the road. Let's get it. One, no, we got a couple more one o'clocks here. The Buffalo Bills are playing in Cincinnati against the Bungles. <laughs> I mean, I think a high school team could beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to have to take the uh, Bills getting points to the Bengals. I'm going plus with two and a half. I'm going with the Bungles, and here's why: Buffalo off a of bye. How how many of these have we seen? Yeah, Buffalo but they're not a good team. I'm going with. It's I'm only going the with good the bungles. teams that that applies to. I'm going with the bungles. You're going with the bungles. I'm nuts. All right, yes. that's your problem. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take the Bills, like I said. The Bengals are minus two and a half. You're giving me two and a half. Hmm. All right, this might be the week I make I'm, the I'm comeback. Hand, I'm handing a couple to you. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, fresh off that tough, heartbreaking loss to the Dallas Cowboys in one of the best games of the year thus far, they are minus eight favorites against their division rivals, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, can the Browns no. find their first no. win here? No. No, no, no. Pittsburgh, I'm, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, the, the Steelers are just going to take it out on the, <laughs> on the Browns. I would not want to play I feel bad the for the Browns. Yeah, I really do. It's just not a good week <laughs> for them to be playing the Steelers. Uh, we both got the Steelers there. Minus eight. All right, let's go to the four o'clock games. We've got the Miami Dolphins are playing the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. Jared Goff, his first NFL start. Unfortunately, he's going up against a defense that in five straight games yes. has knocked out the starting quarterback out of the game. Yes. Hurt them. <laughs> Seriously, hurt them. Uh, not the game you want to be starting your career. Still going with them, though. Still going with you the Rams. You like Goff, huh? I like the Rams. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle. Give me the Rams. Todd Gurley, give me the Rams. I'm going with the Finns, man. That, that Finns They're D rolling, is tough. But, mm, Second best D against the Pats. Just not a good... Uh, and to think people were saying that's going to be a cakewalk game. I'm telling you, watch <laughs> out. Don't sleep on the Dolphins right now. Do not sleep on those Dolphins. Um, we got the New England Patriots fresh off a tough loss against yeah. Seattle. Like the uh, Browns, I would not want to be the 49ers yep. taking on a Revenge team. Game. Tom Brady back home Angry. in the San Fran area. He's going to be ticked off. Pats. No He's question. wearing his footlocker lo- foot gear <laughs> for Roger Goodell. Uh, the Pats. Pats are minus 13. I know. It's a, it's, a large, it's a large one, but I'm still going Pats. It's a I'm large spread. Too. I like the Pats, minus 13. Angry Pats. Angry Bill Belichick. There we go. Let's keep going here. The Eagle- This is going to be a great one, I think. The Philadelphia Eagles are in Seattle. Seattle's coming off uh, two huge wins. Obviously, the biggest one being against the yes. Patriots last week. 
Letdown they've been game. road warriors. They gotta be tired. They gotta be human, man. They gotta be tired. They're welcoming in the Eagles, I'm who have a pretty Eagles. good defense there. I'm with you. I like the Eagles to cover. Eagles. I don't know if they win, but yeah. I think they cover six and a half. I think it's gonna be a really tight game in Seattle. But it just seems like a letdown, a letdown type game. game you know? So uh, we both like the Eagles plus six and a half. Let's go right down the line here. I think we're into the Sunday night game. We've discussed this with Mario earlier. The Green Bay Packers travel back to Washington where they demolished the Redskins in the playoffs last year. Can they do it again? No. They are this time three-point underdogs to the Redskins. Give me Uh, the skins. You like the skins. I'm with you on the whole Aaron Rodgers is overrated, the Packers are overrated thing. Yeah, I'm still on board with that. Give me the skins. All right. We will take the – I'm I'm with you there too, and I love when Aaron Rodgers loses. (laughs) I just it, it, now it's it, it's been it's been exposed. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a fraud. Yeah, he is not close to Tom Brady in my eyes. I don't know why everybody wants to put him on that pedestal. There, he's not there. He the was skin. supposed to be the next one. Yeah, clearly. Now it's going to be. I like it. your call of it being Prescott. I'm I think it's him. That. I they really do. We both like the skins minus three, and then Monday Night Football in Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Down in Mexico City in Mexico, the Houston Texans. Take on the upstart Oakland Raiders, a good team coming off the bye here. This is when I think the bye thing applies. I like the Texans. I'm plus with you on six. that too, Texans. All right, the Texans plus six. We both like it on Monday Night Football against the Oakland Raiders in Mexico. Could it be the site of an NFL team down the line? We shall see. It's interesting. About 20 years ago, I'll take Vegas first. Yeah, I'll like Vegas that. first. Absolutely. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders over the Mexico City Raiders. Perfect name, too. Doesn't get any better right. than that. Al Davis, the, the big old, the bad Raiders. They're made for Vegas. It has to happen. Listen, we got a special treat coming up, as we said, in studio right now. They just arrived. Kevin Morrison. I, I'm doing my best to do this name all show. I've been I've been golden so far. Thanks, Nailed Matt. So far, Matt Johnson put the pronunciation. Sorry, uh, Craig Wizermiski. Did I get it right? Wizermiski. Okay. We just call you Wiz, though, right? Yeah, we're going Wiz. Wiz is good. All right. The Wiz is here, and not the guy from that uh, store down in the New York area. The Wiz of the Manchester Monarchs joining us here to celebrate a mullet night over at the Southern New Hampshire University Arena. Uh, tomorrow, you can go there to the Monarchs game. Proceeds go to Cancer Awareness and the American Cancer Society, and they will discuss that in the next segment with us as well as their season so far. So stay with us. The stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire will be back. Every gambler knows that the secret to survival is knowing what to throw away. 